it's over 9,000! Welcome Super Elite Warriors to Final Forum, a podcast for the discussion of all things Dragon Ball. I am your host, Jelly, an elite recruiting member of the Frieza Force on a mission to find the best warriors from across the galaxy to join the greatest army of all time. And I am joined, somehow, as always, by my new recruit co-host. Hello listeners, this is the Bikini. Even though Jelly left me to die, I'm back. Yeah, how did you manage to escape from those things? I saw like 20 of them surrounding you. Well, you know how you were wondering about why I'm called the Bikini on my home planet? I don't have time for your home planet nonsense right now, okay, recruit? If you don't want to tell me how you managed to escape from 20 giant crickets trying to bite your head off, get back in the cave with me, and look a few years younger at the same time, I can take a hint. But instead of trying to change the subject, how about we just drop it for now? But I'm trying to tell you- Listen! I told you a few minutes ago the roar you heard before I forced you out of the cave was a recording, and I used my scouter to make it seem like it was coming from behind us in the cave. Our scouters aren't picking up any life readings in here. There's nothing to be afraid of. But I'm not saying I'm scared. Hey! Which way should we go here? Left. Doesn't it look like there's light over that way? But I feel like there's a breeze coming from the right. Uh, maybe we should just go back out the way we came in. Those things probably aren't hungry anymore. They were hungry enough to wait around for us last episode. I think they'd be willing to wait a little bit longer. Especially since they didn't get anything from you. Yeah, we'll see... I don't have time for your gut feelings. Come on, we're going to the right. Our scouters can act as lights, and I feel better about a breeze meaning an exit versus stagnant air. There are probably... Bioluminescent vampire bats or something in the chamber to the left. Yeah, but wouldn't our scouters pick up on bio-readings? Not if they were small enough. Listeners, to catch you up, we decided to venture into the cave which we in which we took refuge. It seems like a pretty standard cave. Rocks, stalagmites, stalactites, various outcroppings. Though it is quite vaulted and large. We've yet to need to climb or crawl on anything, really. Everything has a bit of a sheen to it, and as of right now, our path forks. To the left, we have an eerie, pulsating, bluish light that I suppose could be moonlight splashing off the waters from the planet's surface, but much more probably are living creatures, and to our right is the way out, probably. Come on, I'm gonna get us out of here. I feel better already. You should recruit. I've gone on hundreds of recruiting missions over the years, and I've made it back in one piece from all of them. And how many recruits have you lost along the way? That's really not important. Uh, what's important is, if you stick close enough to me, you'll make it through this just fine. Forgive me if I don't trust you, but you've gotten me killed twice already. Um, hmm. I suppose I have thought I've lost you a couple times. Listen, how about this? We take a minute discussing our topic of the day, and if after some more intellectually stimulating discussion, you feel like your brain has joined your gut and wanting to go left, we'll head that way. Fair enough. And so today, this week, what we're talking about is the manga for the first time. We've been pretty well sticking to the anime so far. I mean, I've... We've certainly dropped references and things to the manga in terms of some of the kind of more major changes 
filler that was added by the anime, some stuff that has been different, notably. But um, no, we uh, we sat down and we read through the first 23 chapters of the manga, which is commonly called, at least for fans of the anime, for sure, the peel-off arc. Um, so that's the first arc that takes us from, you know, it's it's we've talked about it over the last several weeks. It's it's those first 13 episodes of the anime. We're introduced to Goku as a young boy. He becomes friends with Bulma, the the precocious and tech-savvy girl. They go off on an adventure together. Along the way, they meet up with Oolong, with Yamcha, cross paths with the Turtle Hermit. Goku meets Chi-Chi, his future bride. And they run afoul of Pilaf and the gang and summon the dragon Shenron. Um, it's there's in terms of the basic structure, there's very little difference. It's really just things added or taken out or not so much taken out, just added or altered. Really, we've talked a lot over the course of this about how this has been Akira Toriyama's riff on Journey to the West. It'll be interesting to see where we go from where we go from here and whether the parallels to Journey to the West will still exist and be as strong because we start to once we're done with this and once we're done wrapping this episode up and everything we begin moving away from a pilgrimage story and into a training and fighting story with tournaments and more epic battles. Dragon Ball actually just very briefly it almost ended here. Toriyama had to make some changes to keep it from being canceled. It was not selling well. It was not selling even as well as Dr. Slump. Um, and not not to say even as well. Dr. Slump was a hit. But Dragon Ball was not selling as well as Dr. Slump. Readers kind of felt like they figured out the formula to it. They felt like they knew every 20 or so chapters, whatever it was, about half a year, I think, because it's, you know, published a chapter a week. So about half a year, every year, they would spend collecting the Dragon Balls, and then there'd be, like, a wish, and then the Dragon Balls would fly off, and they would do that then again, and there'd be a different wish with maybe a different villain, but it'd be basically the same quest to find the balls, collect them, get them done. And Toriyama himself even said he envisioned the story as a, as a riff on Journey to the West that would end when there were no more stories to tell about the quest for the Dragon Balls. And, and after this arc, all of the characters we've been introduced to, especially the more heroic ones, have had their desires fulfilled, and they really have no reason to go collect the Dragon Balls again. Uh, but Toriyama and his editor, Torishima, get together, and they look at other popular manga, specifically Fist of the North, North Star, and decide to make Dragon Ball more popular and to do that they need to focus on fewer characters more battles be more hip and cool and with the times of what the kids in the 80s liked and break the conventions they'd established uh they you know they said if they just kept drag questing after the dragon balls readers would think they had the formula figured out and they'd lose interest so they had to come up with something else over the next several weeks we are definitely going to be talking about what that something else was how they how they did some of those things but obviously, they did strike on a solution because Dragon Ball winds up becoming the most popular and highest selling manga in Japan for quite some time. It ceases its run in 1995. I think it takes One Piece another few years after that to overtake it in terms of overall sales. I believe One Piece is now the highest selling manga in Japan of all time and remains so. One Piece has been running since... No, please don't quote me on this. <laughs> One Piece has been running since the mid-early 90s, and I do not believe it has taken a break, as opposed to Dragon Ball has obviously taken a... What was that, like a 20-year break almost in between? Yeah. And the, the current most popular manga in Japan is not either One Piece, nor is it Dragon Ball. It's Demon Slayer. It's insane how much it sells. If you go and look up the numbers, which I did briefly, but I can't call them to my brain right now anymore. The, the, the basic thing is like it sells, say, 20 million copies a year. The next highest selling manga sells like 10 million a year. And then oh, the wow. one after that is like 2 million. So park. Uh, yeah, that, that one is extremely popular. 
for good reason. It's 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 a good story, and there's some beautiful art. So yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see where we go in the future with our discussions. I know where the story goes, but we've we've linked this so much to Journey to the West. I'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see like what the parallels are moving forward. Well, one immediate parallel that I can think of is that like Dragon Ball, uh, it gets divided into arcs kind of like similar to Dragon Ball when we hit the end of an adventure or like a specific battle against a villain. The characters kind of pack up and there's sort of like this moving on. There's usually like a, a small time skip or something in between adventures or quests. And we see that sort of at the end of this one where they it's not so much a time skip as it is. It's just, OK, well, Goku's going to leave these characters and go spend time with these other characters now. But interestingly, Toriyama himself has never organized the story into like official like canon arcs, nor has he commented on the way his chapters have been organized. He just sort of like writes things and then like moves on to the next thing once he's completed whatever narrative arc he's following. But later on, other people, specifically like Shonen Jump with their Tankoban sets, uh, Toei with the anime, Viz with uh, American versions of the manga – Funimation with the American version of the anime tend to collect the story into specific arcs and it just it makes it more marketable, easy to sell to people. Essentially, this means there's no really true like official naming convention for these arcs in this story. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting stuff. And yeah, so we've been sitting here. We we keep calling this the peel off arc. Not a bad name for it. Especially for the anime, peel off, peel off appears because <laughs> I mean it, it fits really. I mean, yeah. your 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 main villains peel off, and this is more about establishing norms in the universe and and focusing more on this initial conflict than really anything else. And and for the anime, it fits. He appears. I, I don't know if he appears in the first episode, and I can't remember now. Um, yes, he does because I believe. So this is one of the differences between the, the 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 manga and the anime, if I remember correctly, is that in that first episode you are in fact introduced to Pilaf, Shu, and Mai, um, because they are the ones that explain how the Dragon Ball works. Yes. Okay. Whereas in the manga, Bulma is the one that explains it. I I couldn't remember if it was like the first episode or the second, but yes, you just you just made my memory tumblers click into place. But he doesn't appear until like chapter eighteen in the manga. So. Talking about the manga, calling it the Pilaf arc when he's only in 20% of it, maybe not the best fit. Right. People tend to, I mean, like there's some examples of uh, like different things people have called, like some people call it the Goku arc because he's sort of like the central character. It makes sense. Um, other people have names for like the first 50 chapters, roughly. It's like 50 or 54. Uh, they call it the training arc because it includes uh, some of the stuff that's going to happen next with with master roshi and it tends to make a little bit more sense especially considering the change in direction the story makes at this point but it still feels a little disjointed to me to sort of like lump this beginning portion in with that because it's so tonally different there's a big difference between these first 23 chapters and the next 30 yeah absolutely (laughs) so i'm thinking like some sort of something like maybe journey arc to like reference journey to the West might be better suited. Yeah. Uh, or like maybe discovery arc, or if you're feeling slightly pretentious, the Zayuji arc or the Sayuki arc. Yeah. Zayuji. Yeah, no, just a couple ideas. Zayuji is like the, the, I think that's the Shiyuji or we're, I'm sorry. Neither one of us is, is, we're, Chinese we're not native or Japanese. Chinese speakers, so. But that's like the Shiyuji or Zhiyuji is the the Chinese name for the book, and Sayuki is what it's called in Japan, most likely, or most most often rather. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that's like that'd be the better name for it. I think we're we're probably just gonna stick with Pilaf because it's it's what the anime calls it. We we kind of on this show a little bit deal with the anime a little bit more. That's what more people have experienced. That's what probably more people call that opening arc. I mean, um, me personally, I, I like to call it the Pilaf arc because Pilaf is, is a, a, a fun character for me. I very much enjoy him. So yeah, having, it, having the name for it be Pilaf-centric, I, I do appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a I, – I agree that like calling it the training arc I think is bad. I'll say that outright because I think – that lumps these first 23 chapters in with the next 30, and I think there's a huge difference. 
between what what we call the peel off arc and what is the training and martial arts tournament arc. I, I don't hate the calling it the Goku arc because you are introduced to Goku, but that feels a little too general. Goku's always the main character, you know. True. And even when even though he is the main character, we talked about this at length. He's never like the central focus. And he's usually not very proactive. Like, a lot of the stuff that he does, he only does because, like, Bulma tells him to do it. Or he's kind of, like, forced to do something. Yeah, because he's such a content character unto himself that he doesn't have a... He doesn't... I hate to say he doesn't have a whole lot of agency, but he... Other than being better today than he was yesterday, he has, like, no other goals. (laughs) True. And and I, I think an, uh, another aspect of it is um, also something that I think shifts in the characters we start moving forward from here. I think maybe Toriyama was trying to come across if, with the idea that he's a bumpkin, so maybe he's not sure of what he should do in certain situations. But it just ends up coming across as he's just not doing anything. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I don't know, that's a... It's those are just little interesting facts. I think the one thing you said about it being a, a f- fun calling it the peel off arc because he's a fun character. I definitely want to get into some of that when we get into just kind of walking through the manga in general, which I kind of want to start doing now. I um, this is my first time ever picking this up. Really, you've never have, have you ever read any other manga? No. Really? Um, oh, so this is like your first time with the whole with with the medium in general? Yes. Oh, yes. excellent. This is going to be fun. And actually, that's one thing I one thing I want to talk about before we even get into like, oh, I like this better, or I like that better, or whatever. If you've never picked up a manga, like I had never picked up the manga, fun fact, guess what? You read them backwards. Yep. <laughs> it's less that fact that I want to talk about and more I understand why it, why it's done. It's done to to preserve the integrity of the art as originally drawn. Because if they put this stuff from left to right, as is done in English reading, you would have to flip all the art and mirror it. And so you would be presenting people with mirror images, which could then, you know, it, it, it throws off, like, not the character's people, but the character's, like, words and, and the katakana and the stuff that appear in it. I understand that. And so yes, if you're if you've never picked up a manga, you read it from right to left, top to bottom, and that's pretty much pretty much everything. So if you have like a panel that has multiple speech bubbles in it, you will approach them from right to left and top to bottom. But how do you feel about okay, we're going to not flip this around to preserve the integrity of the art, but then they censor some of it. So this is one of those things that's kind of tricky because I do on some level understand why you would want to do that. But at the same time, I also am one of those people that's like, well, no, let let the art be what it is and let other people make their own decisions. And in order to to sell goods in a marketplace, there are certain standards that you have to meet. So I I understand why they do it. And And to a level, I do appreciate it because it makes it available to me in a foreign country or or another planet for instance <laughs> but I, I yeah i definitely will say that like other manga that i've read before this because i'm a huge nerd and that's the kind of stuff i like to do when i would get like english versions of it and be reading and notice that there was some censorship that's when i started to uh uh yo ho ho on the internet a little bit for some <laughs> things to get the to get the original versions just to be able to to uh, to get these things, you know, in, in the form that, that they were intended, essentially. Right. I mean, I feel like that's a good compromise because you get exposure to new markets. And then anybody who's really, truly interested in this stuff, there are there are ways to get around that and to see things in their original context. That's true. I, I agree that it's like it, it's a little more complicated than it appears at first brush. I mean, because yeah. I'm, I'm also a, a kaiju movie fan. And so... 
you know, I'm a big fan of like, yeah, the original versions, the original versions, but there's a lot of English language versions that I grew up with of these movies that have dubs that were unique to the United, to the United States or scenes actually that were added specifically for the United States market. And as the years have gone by, and the companies that released these movies in the U.S., when they did it in the 60s, they were like, yes, please, just release our thing, you know, because, yes, just get it out there for people. And so the, you know, then a, a U.S. studio would buy it and be like, this is too Japanese. We need to add some American actors with some cut scenes spliced in. And sometimes it was real garbage, but sometimes it was actually pretty good. And there was a lot of care done with it, and it, it creates for a different, I'm not even going to say better or worse, it just creates a different viewing experience. And as these companies have started reacquiring the rights to their movies, as these American kind of fly-by-night studios have just gone out of business over the years, quite frankly, because, you know, this stuff wasn't sold to... It wasn't like Sony and Universal buying movies from Toho. It was like American International Pictures and Cinema Shares and, you know, these people you've never heard of. As the companies have started pulling them back, they have then now, as these things have been finally released on Blu-ray and stuff, they're releasing only the Japanese versions, only the version that's available in Japan... And it's like, well, where's my, where's my version that I grew up with when I was a kid? And so, sure. so it is like a, a more touchy issue, right? Of like this, this, that's, I have the Viz big version yep. and the Viz big version has some censorship in it, but it's actually understandable. It's actually, I think one of the less, not least but one of the less censored versions. And I kind of get the idea of like, well, I, I like the American translation or I like the whatever, you know, that gives me that that experience that I had when I was first introduced to this thing. But I do feel like with Dragon Ball, I wish the, or the uncut version was more readily available. It's not that hard to find, though true and and i i I won't even say yo ho ho uh as my co-host did (laughs) i'll say i'll say if you if you're really curious if you pick up if you pick up the viz big version which i i would pretty well recommend i think like it's a little bit chunky and a little bit big but i've read reviews of some of the other collections of the dragon ball manga that are available in the u.s and either the the two biggest things that steered me towards viz big were one this has more color pages than anything other than the ones that say they're like all color. And two, everyone keeps talking about the paper quality and that the paper quality in the, some of the other ones is very, very flimsy. And I didn't want to have like something that I would accidentally tear the pages on. So this is a little bit big and a little bit chunky, but if you get this version or if you honestly, if you get any version of this manga and you're reading it, you can very easily go to Reddit or even just Google and you just Google, you know, censorship changes in Dragon Ball and you can look them up. And like the Vizbig version is like, I feel like I think the major censorships are uh, Bulma flashes a middle finger that gets turned into a pointer finger. A side nipple gets end up covered by her hand. Like they, they just redraw her hand to be slightly higher so that you don't see her side nipple. And then there's like another case of that where like you would see her nipples and they cover it with bubbles while she's in the shower. It's a, it's an interesting thing to me of like, yeah, we're going to not mirror the art to preserve the integrity of the art, but we're going to still censor it, <laughs> which goes a little bit against that message. Picking up a manga, the first, you know, like, it, it's one of those things, the first time you pick one up, you're like, oh, this is this is interesting, and it takes you a minute, but you get to a certain point where you do start, I would say, like, the first couple of chapters I read took me a little longer than the next 20. Yeah, I mean, it's a skill like anything else. You practice it enough, you get pretty good at it. And I'll say I've been reading uh, manga for years, and I still occasionally mess up where i start on a page (laughs) yeah 
and I'll be reading dialogue and it won't make any sense. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm reading a manga. I'm supposed to read it backwards. <laughs> this manga, though, the the very first page and the very first panel that you see is like the most gorgeous thing. Yeah, it really is. And it's so perfect, too, because it has. In one panel. One one page It is a full page. It's it's not a it's not a splash page, but it is a full page panel. It has everything that you're going to encounter throughout Dragon Ball just on this one page, like to an extent in terms of the tone, just to quote briefly long, long ago in a deep, dark forest, far from civilization, beyond a towering range of. Well, you get the idea. It's the kind of place a story like this has to begin. That right there is like you get your little mix of like um, something ancient and something austere and then it undercuts with humor. The the art itself is super beautiful and like there's a lot of very traditional the way he draws like the, the cherry blossoms and things. Oh, yeah. And that's all very traditional and very like austere and very serene kind of looking. And then what is Goku himself saying on this saying on the very first page? Hey, bro, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out that there was kind of a parallel to this in the in the anime as well. Those opening scenes of that first episode, in my mind, almost kind of looked like a storybook coming to life. Which is sort of on a meta level what the anime was doing. So, yes, yes, I, I would agree with that. So that was the thing that just instantly slapped me into the face in the face and i would say where where it really really hit home was kind of the first time we have that the big bigger action sequence when goku fights the um the bear man <laughs> the art don't get me wrong i think the anime is is at times beautiful and i don't want to take anything away from the animators especially you know in the 80s they are animating this by hand the art in the manga is gorgeous. Like it, yeah, I was I, I I was gonna say that I really really like Toriyama's art. Like he's he's very talented, and and his the way the way he uses his paneling to to like convey things in in just a shot. There's in the in the first chapter when Goku dives off of the waterfall. He That's uses literally the page I'm looking at right now. <laughs> he he uses that waterfall as this high, skinny panel, the the panel itself that really gives you the impression of the of the height of it. And then Goku yes. just jumps off carefree. Like that is that is excellent paneling. And he does that throughout this. I think the way he stages his action in particular is is really good. It stays clear, like it's easily understandable. You can follow the action between panels, even between pages, honestly. Yeah, it's just re always really clear. The, the The quality of art itself is always really high. It just – it's impressive. Right. People people always like read comic books and they're like, oh, I can't wait to like maybe one day see this in a movie, you know? Like I have been watching the anime forever and I'm, I feel like – I'm like, whoa, this is like the first time – like – this fight with the bear is in the in the anime. It's it's fun. It's it's still like has that same kind of feel of like you build up this imposing opponent and then Goku like just toys with him and takes him out instantly. But it has always just felt like a thing that happens in the anime in the manga. It's like it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I also think it, it it kind of the tone is slightly different between the manga and the anime because of the quality of the art in the manga, like you, you get that feeling of this guy's imposing and dangerous. Like when he swings with that sword, like it's, it's like this huge, powerful move and it gets translated so well based on the art. You, you perceive that guy as an actual real threat. Whereas for me, when I watch the anime, it's more, Oh, it's just a big guy, but Goku's going to kick the crap out of him. Right. There's, there's less, uh, tension, I guess you'd say. No, I agree with that. I think, I think, you know, we talk about like Toriyama building, building and releasing tension and building tension and utter, undercutting it with humor almost universally works better in that in the manga than the anime. Uh, big, a big part of that for me is the the absence of the filler. 
I don't have any problems with filler, but like the joke stacking becomes so much more apparent in the manga because it's joke after joke after joke after joke and they they get piled up on top of each other and it becomes just so much more evident. Yeah. And just the the level of punnery is on a is is kicked oh, yeah. up a couple notches as well. You know the 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 big the big like the big again this this could be one of those things maybe because I was more tuned into it because we've been talking about it for a few weeks but like the 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 joke of going from because just because Goku takes off Bulma's panties, she then flashes Roshi, and then she feels she has to wear a bunny costume. Like basically, because Bulma, because Goku doesn't know what a vagina is, and he pulls off, and he pulls off Bulma's panties, she ends up being mistaken for a member of the carrot mob. That comes across. Like so well in the in the manga and in the anime, it just doesn't as well. It, it, there's such a longer span of time between those two things, and it's not like it happens back to back to back in the manga, but like it happens enough to like close to each other that that, that you really get that feel of like this. These are events that build on each other. Yeah, and but there are there are a couple things um, that I feel like the anime did do. A little bit better like pacing wise for instance like we were talking earlier that first episode where you're introduced to pilaf pilaf and his gang is how you get the the explanation for the dragon balls i feel like that was done a little bit better than in the in the manga because you're introduced to your villain and then there's a lot of questions like who are these people how do they tie into the story as opposed to them just appearing yeah uh, one of these chapters yeah and you know another thing another <coughs> on top of that is just because there's filler isn't necessarily a bad thing. And I think where that really comes across is anytime the characters are supposed to be waiting around for something. Yeah. In the anime, you you do feel the wait. It's never boring, but there are times where, you're, like, specifically when, when the turtle is like, oh, let me go get Master Roshi and I'll be right back. There's a wait, or you feel the pause more in the anime. In the manga, he's like, hang on, I'll be right back, and then he just is right back. <laughs> and I think that just comes down to the mediums. Like, it's it's easy for a manga to go have a character say, okay, I'm going to go over here and do this thing really quick, one one panel, and then the next panel is them coming back, you know? Right. So I, I, I there are there are a couple of things that, that the anime does better, but I on, I'll be honest and say I, I struggle to think of a lot of things that the anime does better because... This is really good. I I really really like this. We've yeah. ju- we just it's, have been. It's it's a very strong opening for a manga, which is what surprises me when 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 you know you look into it and oh there was issues with it. It wasn't as popular as his previous stuff. They struggled for it to to sell. They had to make changes to make it you know more enticing to to consumers. It's a surprise, honestly. Yeah, it's it's very very strong. It's uh, we we've we've been going through this anime for a few weeks now, and here I am revisiting this story, and I had a hard time putting this down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'll be honest, like I, I this is not the first time I've read it, but I've went through obviously reviewed everything because you know that's what we're doing. But um, yeah, I've already I'm already like way ahead on the make. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the there's there's a ticking clock element to the manga that I'm almost shocked that I feel like doesn't come across as well in the anime of we have to we have to get them, we have to get them fast because Bulma's just on summer break. Yeah. And then like you mentioned, like the, the puns and the humor are off the charts. Some of some of my favorites are when Kame or Kame Senen or Master Roshi when he first shows up and he's the turtle hermit and Bulma is like Bulma is like why would a turtle hermit have a cloud and he's just like deal with it (laughs) just like as as good as a character of of, like Master Roshi is in the anime in the manga he's just turned up to 11 and is just better in every way yeah I also I also really like like in terms of the wordplay the candy that they give Bulma or that they give Oolong to make him crap his pants. In the anime, they just call it a candy and that's it. Mm-hmm. In the manga, they call it 
they specifically point out that it's a sweet trot, which is a play on sweet tart. Uh huh. I and love trot that for pooping. Yeah, I love that. That is that is amazing. I'm guessing that's a pure translation thing. So I because you know, like we said in the in the Japanese, or Toriyama's intention was basically just that they say p p p p p, which is like the sound that you make when you go poop 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 poop. So I don't know that that pun is something that's in the original text personally, but like if if it's just a translation thing, like hats off to the translator. I, yeah, I mean I've heard people say that translation's an art in a lot of in a lot of cases, and this oh. would be probably one of them. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. To get on that topic, just just very briefly, we had Matt on from Kaiju Transmissions last week. They did a whole interview with a gentleman by the name of of uh, Norman England, who does translation work, and he talked a lot about how translation is an art more than a more than a than just translating the words. One of the ways that was super apparent to me after after I'd kind of first heard that, and I've always known that like translation can be different from thing to thing, and if 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 you want any firsthand evidence of that, just look at any Google Translate thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. But I saw a movie at G Fest, which is Godzilla Fest. Uh, a couple years ago called Linking Love. The version I saw was translated by Norman because he is actually friends with the director. There's long sequences of the movie that are rap battles. And he translated them to maintain the integrity of what's being said while also making it rhyme in English. Yeah, that's tough. And then I saw a version that is floating around out there because I wanted to rewatch the movie and I, there's no way to get that movie officially in English, by the way. So I was able to find one, the translation, don't get me wrong. The translation is actually not bad, but when the rap battle stuff came up, it was just translated. Ooh. And the difference between those two was massive. So, yes, if this is a translation thing of, like, maybe it's not necessarily a pun in the Japanese text of sweet trot versus sweet tart. And it's just kind of Bulma telling him, like, oh, you thought it was a candy, but it's really a a poop machine. (laughs) Hats off to the translator because that's that's fantastic work. I think I think probably one of my favorite comedic bits in this first section goes back to when they first meet Roshi and there's a bit there where he's talking to the turtle about the immortal phoenix or he wants to summon a phoenix for, mm-hmm. to give Goku a gift and the turtle's like well no the immortal phoenix died of food poisoning <laughs> <laughs> and then it's followed up with this is not so much of a joke as it is just kind of a funny coincidence where Roshi talks about, oh, that sucks because I was planning on summoning this immortal phoenix to grant you eternal life, which is what the villain's chasing after in this arc. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting that he's going after the Dragon Balls when really he should be, you know, looking for Master Roshi. Yeah, that's I have the immortal phoenix death in my little I was writing down like notes of things that I thought were really funny and stuff as I was going along. And that's one of the that's one of the ones I noted too. the immortal phoenix died. <laughs> <laughs> The, the age of Roshi is a little more hinted at in the manga. There's a, there's a really good joke, actually, not with the age of Roshi. I think there's I just... a couple outright references in the manga to him being immortal, actually. Yeah. Um, there's like some elixir or something that he drinks that gives him immortality. There's a there's a really good joke, and I – oh, man, I, I hope this is in the original. And I feel like it might be. When Oolong turns into either a bat – or a fly and tries to run from Yamcha and Poir turns into, I think he turns into a fly, a fly swatter and Poir yeah, turns, he into, turns a, into a fly and Poir, Poir turns into a fly swatter yeah. and, and slaps him down. The little speech bubble that goes above Oolong's head when he's getting swatted says, help me, <laughs> which I thought <coughs> was a direct reference to the fly. I also thought the same thing. So I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if the, 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 dates correspond on that i'm not sure because i don't know oh this was when, definitely when made after the original with vincent price okay, so good. so yes 
I was a hundred percent. Yeah, I was, I was like, thinking. I was thinking the Jeff Goldblum version. Now I don't know, but I'm going to say this predates that. Probably. On a hunch, so you're you're probably on the right track with the Vincent Price version, anyways. Yeah, I mean Toriyama grows up watching '60s and '70s movies, right? So your 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 assumptions are probably way more accurate than mine. <laughs> and then speaking of like jokes and puns, and something you mentioned at the beginning of like Pilaf is a fun character. The Pilaf jokes are off the charts. Oh yeah, they're they're turned up to eleven, definitely. Nothing shall happen without an order of Pilaf. <laughs> um, <laughs> There will be no power on Earth over Pilaf. <laughs> they call him Reich Pilaf. <laughs> and his solar oven, as we've been calling it, is called a rice cooker. <laughs> Every other thing uttered by Pilaf is a rice joke. And I love that. I love, too, that those things are, those things are in bold. If you're going through this, is like there no leader on earth with will operate without an order of pilaf. Order of pilaf <laughs> is in bold. Like, <laughs> I love that, and that that is that is cranked all the way up. It, I was laughing so often reading this. I was like, I cannot believe how funny I'm finding this. Like. I mean, honestly, it makes me want to go back and read Dr. Slump because I know Dr. Slump is supposed to be even more of a comedy manga than this was. Yeah, I think we're going to have to one day. I'd be down for that. Totally. That sounds like a good time. I don't know when or how. Maybe at some point when I, I know in I know in the in the anime in Super, there's a crossover episode. Oh, maybe that's and it's a it's it's just a complete filler gag episode. Uh, Vegeta gets his ass kicked by Arale, um, and he's like, "Oh, that's the last time I fight a gag character." (laughs) 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 But yeah, I I would totally be be like after reading this, I'm like, "Oh man, I'd love to read Doctor Slump," because yes, that is my understanding as well is that it is much more humor driven than Dragon Ball, and I think that's is kind of the big difference between when we talk about like the peel off arc versus the other arcs and everything is, is I don't want to say that there's no, there's, there's obviously humor throughout the rest of Dragon Ball. Sure. And there's obviously, with that. and there's obviously puns and things and wordplay because that's, that's who Toriyama is. But without ever having read Dr. Slump, I would bet that these first 23 chapters are closer to Dr. Slump than anything else you encounter in Dragon Ball. I'd, I'd be, yeah, I'd probably be in agreement on that one. So that's that's something that I would love to do someday because I, I enjoyed the crap out of this. And it, it is interesting just to kind of look at the the similarities and the differences, just to even think, too, that, like, yeah, this, this was not popular. It's surprising. <laughs> it is. Because, like, uh, don't get me wrong, the rest of Dragon Ball is really good, too, but, like, I, I'm just shocked that like these first few you know chapters are we're just not doing it for people. And it's even crazy like like you think about even the anime, it doesn't become super popular until the Z portion. Like a shocking amount of people who would say they're huge fans of Dragon Ball have never experienced the original Dragon Ball. Really. I don't. I, ooh, I might need you to cite some sources on that one. Uh, the source is me. <laughs> <laughs> I understand because I mean, like we've admitted ourselves, like our first exposure to this was Dragon Ball Z on Toonami. So, right. I, I can understand that. Yeah. And I and I would, to I would a, say to that's... a degree, I would even say that there's probably people that didn't even know that that the original Dragon Ball exists. For a while, for sure. Right. And then I would say there's there's probably a whole bunch of people. Again, this is this is this is speculation. I would say I'm willing to say it's not speculation that a majority of English speaking, specifically American fans of the show, did not experience it from beginning to end when they were the first introduced it to it, and also. 
did not even know about like the Dragon Ball portion or never experienced it for a very long time. So this this next part is is pure speculation. But I would say that there's a, a probably a number of people who are fans of Dragon Ball. For sure Z and Super. Who would say they don't like the Dragon Ball portion of Dragon Ball. Because it's not as action-packed. It's not as fight-based. It's not as epic. There's no transformations. Things like that. Well, I mean, those people would just be objectively wrong. <laughs> This is a good opportunity to go back and give it another shot. Especially, I would say, if you maybe if you've watched the anime and it hasn't been your thing, go out and pick up the manga. Pick up the 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 Viz Big, or pick up the first the volumes. This is this is Viz the Viz Big is a th- is a three in one type of thing. So it's like the Viz Big Volume One is volumes one, two, and three, just to make things extra confusing. And volumes one, two, or three are collections of individual chapters. So yeah. That also, that's, okay, all right. But go out, I'm sure you could probably go on Amazon or something, and find, vol. if you're not convinced that you want all of them, find volumes one and two, which is this, the, the what we've been calling the peel-off arc, and give that a shot. Because maybe reading the manga will change how you view the Dragon Ball portion of Dragon Ball. I, I yeah, I could see that. That I would also give it a strong rec- recommendation for that specific reason. On top of that, I think it, it would add a little bit more to watching the anime portion. Because like we said, there are certain things that the manga does better. And it, I think it would help kind of like flesh that anime out a little bit more in your mind if you have that experience with the manga yeah i think they 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 inform each other kind of we've been talking about that right when toriyama first introduces introduces shenron he colors him blue and then he gets colored green in the anime and toriyama runs with that they've always kind of informed each other it it happens hey i know <laughs> did you notice that 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 uh Shoe is not called shoe in the in the manga originally, and then the anime does it, and Toriyama like just follows suit. So they've they've always cross informed one another. They call him Soba. Yes, and he even has a pun on his name, Soba. So good. <laughs> <laughs> See, just the st- stupid little puns, and I laugh. It's yes. great. So yes, it's it's. I would say give it a shot, since that'll probably wrap us up. Do you have what would you, out of five, give the anime, because and the manga version of this first twenty three chapters, this first thirteen episodes, this peel off arc or this journey uh, arc? Are we allowed to do like like half stars? I would say you're very you're very very allowed to do halves. Uh, I discourage using quarters. Okay, uh, five, five, or halves is enough for me. Uh, I would give the anime probably somewhere between like a 3.5 to a 4, depending on the episode. I but just the said manga, I discourage doing quarters. <laughs> I did. I said it depends <laughs> on the episode. But the, uh, the manga, I would give a solid 4.5. I would agree. I think, I think, I'm going to just be a little more generous and I'm going to give the anime a four. I like it. I liked it a lot more this time around than I had in the past. So I'm going to, I'm going to just spread some of that joy into the world and give it a four. I give the manga a four, four and a half. I I would say if, if the waiting portions, like the parts where you're supposed to be waiting had felt a little more like waiting, you know, add another couple extra panels, some of the things like that and introduce peel off. A little bit earlier just to have that like that menace kind of behind it of like this this antagonistic character that that we're wondering how he fits in if those two things would have been done i think i would give it a five yeah i agree with that 100 percent and that's taking all of the other faults that we've talked about you know the the uncomfortable uh lolly con stuff and which, um, which is a little bit worse than the manga. We should probably mention that. So yes. If it's something you're really averse to, this might not be for you. Um, but just giving you guys a heads up, 
it, it is a little bit more explicit in the manga. Right. So that's that's even taking in some of those other faults that it kind of has inherent to it. I would still give it a five if it did those two things. So what do you say, Recruit? After all that, do you still think the left is the best way to go? Towards the light? Yeah. Fair enough. But being that this is your idea, how about you go first? Okay. <laughs> I will. Step aside, old man. Easy with the attitude there, Recruit. You may be taking point on this, but you're not taking lead of this mission. Uh, how far should I go before I come back? If you feel the cave definitely sloping up, come on back and we'll head out together. If you feel it definitely sloping down, come back and we'll go right together. If you come to another fork, come back and we'll make another decision. Alright, fair enough. Well, while he goes on a quest for personal empowerment, listeners, perhaps it's best we took our leave of you here. In fact, I think that may definitely be best. Run! Will we escape whatever terror the recruit has brought back from along his wrong way? Stop signing off and just run, damn it! Or will this be our last broadcast? Find out next time and help us achieve our final forum. Is written and produced by Tom Gwelly. It is performed by Dan Kinney and Tom Gwelly. Our webmaster is Dan Kinney. Our theme music is provided by YouTube content creator GVG Kit. Want to learn more about the Dragon Ball universe, including concept art, behind the scenes interviews, and recommendations from Jelly and Bikini? Connect with us on social media, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Final Forum Pod. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you receive your podcasts. And of course, make sure to share with your friends and family and help us spread the word of the glory of Lord Frieza. The Frieza Force thanks you for your listenership. 